Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's AdMail, three superb questions on three various interesting topics involving self-directed retirement accounts. The first will be talking about the legality of being the manager on your IRA LLC. The second, we'll be talking about setting up or at least maintaining a solo 401k in a down year where you don't have any business net income or at least business income. And the third, we'll talk about can you use a business that your child works in as a real estate agent to uh, sell an IRA home? So I think a really nice, diverse set of questions. Um, super excited about today's episode. And uh, without further ado, let's get started. First question is from YouTube. I read contradicting articles about whether I can manage my own self-directed IRA LLC. What legal source? Can you share to show I can manage my own IRA LLC? So great question. Oh, I've done many, many blogs on this. Probably a, too many to count. But bottom line, the first um, case, Swanson v. Commissioner, it's a 90, 1996 tax court case. There's many that followed, um, including field service advisory opinions that confirmed that an IRA owner, a disqualified person, you, your IRA owner, can manage an entity that is fully owned by a retirement account. In the Swanson case, it was a corporation, the president, the controlling um, decision maker was the IRA owner, Mr. Swanson, and the corporation was wholly owned by his retirement account. There's been many, many, many uh, cases over the last, oh, 20 years or so, um, 25, 26 years that confirmed repeatedly that an IRA owner can be the manager of an entity controlled by the IRA. Now, the main justification for this is based off Swanson and some cases that uh, subsequently came to pass is that an entity only becomes disqualified after it's funded. So if you just go, if an IRA goes to set up an entity, puts the money in it, there's it's a shell company, right? There's nothing there. There's no disqualified entity. It's not owned. There's no money. It's not serving a purpose. Once the IRA funds it with a dollar or a million dollars, that entity then becomes a disqualified entity because it has been funded and it's a real life entity. So based off that thought process, based off the confirming cases, the fact that someone manages an entity and does what's reasonable and necessary, right? How else would an IRA owner be able to own uh, at least manage his or her investments. The courts understand that an LLC is just a vehicle, right? The IRA owner doesn't have any beneficiary interest into the economics of that entity. The owners do. The IRA is the owner. The manager who's just making decision-making is the IRA owner. And that's allowed because the IRA owner personally is not benefiting. He or she is just making decisions. Just like if their financial advisor calls up and says, hey, can I buy Apple? Should I?" 
are you going to allow me to buy Apple or Tesla? You can say, yeah, yes or no. Same way if you have an LLC wholly owned by the IRA that's doing cryptos or brokerage firms or real estate, you can decide, should I sell? Should I buy? Should I rent? What color should the uh, house roof be? You have the ability to make reasonable and necessary decisions based off your plan investment. So the fact that there's an entity doesn't really have any impact because the economics of the situation aren't changed. All the economics, all the benefits, profits, losses, distributions are all going to the owner, which is the IRA. So that is the legal significance and the legal justification and foundation that clearly shows an IRA owner can be the manager of the LLC. And it makes total sense, right? Because there's no direct or indirect personal economic benefit. There's no difference if I'm day trading on my TD Ameritrade account and buying or selling an Apple or doing it through an LLC where I'm the manager, right? Just the substance over the form, it makes no difference. The substance, I'm still making those decisions. So the form shouldn't dictate the transaction. So amazing question. Really appreciate it, whoever answered it or asked it on YouTube. Second question is from Brianna K of Portsmouth, Virginia. Brianna wants to know, I have a solo 401k with IRA Financial. If I will not have any business income this year, can I still have my solo 401k? So great question. Um, when you say business income, I'm assuming you mean activity because and 401k obviously could still be adopted by a company that loses money, right? How many crypto financial fintech companies out there have 30,000, 10,000, 800 employees that lose $50 million a year? They're still in business. They're still operational. They're losing money, but they still have enough money to pay their, their salaries and, and thus adopt a 401k and maintain it. So that's a different situation. If you mean, Brianna, that you're literally your company is like not closing down, but maybe you're taking a sabbatical or hiatus, or you're going to play golf, then you know it's a different question. I think you generally have a few year leeway. Generally, when you set up a 401k, the intent is it's supposed to be permanent. So I don't think the IRS wants you to set up plans. And if you have kind of a six month or a year hiatus to just close the plan. Um, the goal is it's supposed to be you know, permanent. So I think you're okay. Let's say you take a year off and travel around the world. You're not sure what you want to do. You may want to pivot. I think you're okay to keep it. But after two or three years, if the business is zero revenues, like no expenses, you're really retired. And the intent is that you're not coming back. Then I think you close it and move it to an IRA. It's not a big deal. It's not like you're paying tax. If you close the plan, you should just close it and move it to an IRA. But if you're not sure and your intent is still potentially to keep going, you just maybe you got sick or you kind of aren't sure to pivot or you got a really good job offer and you did some consulting or instead of consulting, you became an employee for a year. I think you can keep the plan just because the permanency factor is something the IRS and DOL has uh, put emphasis on and they don't want people opening and closing plans you know, quickly or uh, every year. So. I think you're good, Brianna, but after a couple of years, I would say if you really don't think you're coming back to work, to uh, whether it's a consultant or to generate business income, then at that point, I would just close it, file a final 5500EZ, which we'll do for you, and then just do a tax-free rollover to an IRA or a self-directed IRA. So thanks for that question, Brianna. Third, final question of today's episode is from Victor J. of Joliet, Illinois. Victor wants to know, my daughter is a real estate agent. And I want to use her company to sell my home to my, in my self-directed IRA. Is that possible? Um, I think it is, Victor. Um, obviously, if your daughter owns 50% or more of the real estate agency, 
maybe not the best idea because she'll indirectly benefit from the commission sale. But if someone else in her company is, is doing the deal or taking the commission, as long as there's no direct or indirect benefits, your daughter, I think it's fine. Your daughter should not be providing uh, services for compensation. Could she generally serve as the real estate agent without compensation? Eh, it's blurry. Um, I've written a blog on this where because she's not a fiduciary, um, it's not you, the compensation for services rules are more flexible. But the problem is, is her service reasonable and necessary? I'm not sure. Um, anyone could potentially do this. You may argue that she's the best at it. She knows the property. Um, so there's more flexibility. But if, the, if it was your spouse or you, I would generally say, no, do not provide any services for compensation. You probably don't want to do anything um, for, for compensation uh, from a service standpoint. But because it's your daughter, it's a little fuzzier. But in a perfect world, any disqualified person is not doing any um, anything uh, that's not reasonable and necessary other than maybe there's some exceptions in the code under 4975D for financial advisory services, or maybe as a lawyer or accountant. But real estate, um, I'd rather have someone else in our company do, do the deal, do the commission. Maybe they give you a reduced deal, maybe no commission at all. But if you could, just don't have your daughter involved, have one of her colleagues do it. Victor, it'd be much more um, clean. You wouldn't have to deal with potentially any iris attack. Whereas if your daughter's involved, even though she's not a fiduciary, you'd have to prove that her services were reasonable and necessary. There's no compensation provided. Probably can get away with it, but you may be better off just have someone in our company do it. Um, and maybe your daughter kind of loosely oversees things are going okay, but like she's not the listing agent. She's not, you know, day to day doing the open houses and, and, and really doing the deal. So that would be my suggestion. Anytime there's compensation to disqualified people, even if it's a non-fiduciary, not you, um, the code, the regulations, uh, primitive transactions, 4975, even the Department of Labor, um, you know, we'll, we'll give it an extra glance and extra focus because they're very concerned about conflicts of interest, self-dealing, and anytime there's family members, related parties involved, especially that they're disqualified persons, they need to, uh, they will add extra scrutiny to, to that uh, investment or transaction. So thank you, um, Victor, Brianna, and uh, the individual from YouTube. Really good episodes and really great questions. Thanks for sharing. If you have questions, send them in. It's free. Info at IRA Financial, you can title it ad mail or ask Adam, it'll get to me. Uh, I got a lot of great questions in queue, but you know, it's, I'm the boss, right? I, if, if I get a great question, I may put it up front uh, just because there's people in front of you doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna have to wait your turn. It all depends on how I'm feeling. If I wanna do like a Roth episode or a solo episode or just something pops up that I'm getting a lot of questions on, uh, I'll just talk about it, okay? But um, I do appreciate everyone that sent in questions. You can also just send in comments on, on any of our social media feeds, YouTube, which we have an amazing channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Just ask the question. You don't have to be a client even. Well, we want to get you the answer. We want to do our best to educate everyone um, so that ultimately everyone could become the best self-directed retirement investor they can be and ultimately be the most successful and stay out of problems and out of issues with the IRS, which is our number one priority. So that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I did a lot of fun. Um, have a um, amazing 
amazing rest of your day. Um, again, appreciate all the support and uh, don't be a stranger. If you have questions, let us know, comments. Uh, that's it. I'll hope to see everyone again next week. Ciao and take care.